Hey listeners, this episode ended up being a two-parter and the second half is available on our Patreon for subscribers as a bonus episode. And if you'd like to continue to listening to more bonus episodes and you're a subscriber, please sign up for our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash planamag. So I hope you enjoy this episode and it's second part as well. Listeners, it's Chris uh, here with Philip on another episode of Escape from Plan A for you. What's up, everyone? And what's up, Philip? How you doing, Chris? Uh, I realize it's been a while since I've been on. I was on last week on, on that kind of uh, uh, impromptu World Cup episode. But that was also, <laughs> I was in Korea. I was in bed. I was using my uh, crappy MacBook mic. It wasn't really like, you know, my little official setup. But now I'm, I'm back in New York City. Have my little mic in my hand, and it's it's been nice. Um, I hope people didn't think I, I like dropped out or anything. It's just like you know, uh, got kind of busy with other stuff. You explained uh, that but, you were traveling, right? I feel like people knew you were traveling, right? But I think even before that, I hadn't been on the pod for a while, right? Okay, yeah. uh, I noticed some people when, when last week's episode came out, they're like, Oh, yeah, Chris is back, you know, and I was like, oh, I hope you didn't think people didn't think I like stepped away for some reason, but mm. you know, and people, you know, were holding the fort. Well, so you know, I just uh, had some other stuff I was working on, like writing projects and things, um, but anyway, uh, Philip and I, oh, we're here because we want to talk about my my recent trip to korea but it's not going to be like some travelogue thing i mean it, it, it there are a lot of things i, I kind of felt and experienced when i was there and philip actually also went to portugal recently so uh you can talk a, a bit about that and you know the things that that you experienced there um one thing that's kind of weird coming back is because i was pretty i, I was going for like three weeks which is a, mm-hmm. a fairly lengthy time to take off uh people at my my job were you know they were cool with me taking that amount of time off which you know was great and so i, I left kind of on uh november 11th and i came back december 4th so it was almost a month and then and then i returned uh right as december starts and you know christmas season is well underway i miss thanksgiving here and it's like a time warp right like you it, it, you, you it is from fall to winter Right, and I just feel like I, I just landed in this kind of like Christmas storm. I feel like Christmas is already passing me by. It's already uh, the 11th, uh, and I, I'm thinking like, oh, by, by this weekend, it's going to be like the 16th and 17th, which means only a week left until Christmas. And I was comparing it to last year. Like, why did last year feel so slow? Like, yeah, and you know what? Uh, the answer is obvious because I, I, I kind of wasn't working last year. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. Was, was, uh, it, yeah. was it because of COVID? Was it because like of lockdown? Well, I, I'd taken a job, and it, it was kind of like a part-time work-from-home job. But by that time, uh, I wasn't getting a lot of work, mm. which is what made me seek out my new job, uh, which is full-time. And when you're working full-time, you just don't have a lot of time to actually enjoy, the uh, you know, the, the, everything around you. Um, so that that's re- that's really the biggest difference, I think. Uh, it was. Um, you know, work just just gets in the way a lot, and um, yeah. So I, uh, I bought a little Christmas tree today, so so that was nice. Do, do you oh, have a nice. Christmas tree? We literally just put it up right before this call, so okay, it's good. We had to saw the bottom off to get it um, ready to soak up that water, drill a hole in it to fits in our new Christmas tree stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, yeah. Up, it's uh, shedding tons and tons of needles in my living room. So oh really? <laughs> yeah. I I got one of those, as I usually do one of those uh, Charlie Brown Christmas trees. It's like. You know, it's about like four feet tall, maybe. Uh, we just like string some lights around it, and but not like the Charlie it. Brown one where it's got like no no needles, right? Well, they you dress know, the, it up at the end. Remember? They, they do, they do. But you know, it, it they it's rehab like, it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's known for being like completely bare. Well, yeah, it's like one branch, like the initial one he gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. where he goes like you blockhead, where he gets that treatment. Yeah, but I have, it, I have it's a, the one at the I end a, where it's like I have a tiny tree in, in my front yard, and it, all the leaves fall off. Obviously, you know into winter so we put mm-hmm. a single red ornament on it to uh, mimic the charlie brown tree <laughs> and you gotta have the you gotta have the the linus's uh scarf to support it that's right yeah yeah 
That's a good Christmas special. I should rewatch that with. Well, them. yeah, it's 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 one of the top, if not the top, uh, Christmas special. I like to joke uh, that I just like having the uh, you know the piano like theme. For oh the, yeah, the Vince Guaraldi soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, just play that shit on on um you know um on repeat, <laughs> and that's like the best Christmas movie you can get. You know, get all the religious crap out. Just mm-hmm. stick, stick to Charlie Brown. Yeah, um, uh, I, I gotta get. So I, I made like a Christmas watch list last year uh, and I got a pretty early start on it because, you know, how like you want to watch Christmas things to get in the mood. Uh, but then I was put it off and then it's like Christmas Eve, you know, like, oh, shit, I got to watch like 10 hours worth of stuff. A marathon of like. Right. And that's not fun. <laughs> so last year I made a list and went through it like as December rolled around, but I couldn't quite finish it. So I'm going to finish the leftovers this year and, and watch some classics uh that that i always do um any new yeah. movies though any any new christmas movies you throw on your list you mean that were made recently yeah uh not really uh a lot of it's kind of older stuff um and you know stuff that's been around so i'm just like rewatching like uh stuff that i used to watch as a kid yeah to bring back bring back the old memories yeah but nothing new i feel like the new the newest christmas movie that people of our like millennial generation would rewatch as a classic is you know elf i watched that last year i didn't think it was that good yeah you know what shocked me about elf i zoe deschanel was completely unrecognizable as a blonde i did not i was like who is that and i was so shocked to find out zoe deschanel (laughs) like her having did she have bangs though or she just have like a blonde No, she had the same kind of haircut but it was blonde and she just looked like a totally different person It it was quite shocking yeah um yeah, but I remember the ending. Like the ending, like they all start singing Christmas, like a Christmas carol, and that's how the like power Santa sled. And that didn't quite make sense to me because it's like every everyone's singing that all the time. Like why didn't that? Work? I don't know. I remember something about the ending, just like not sitting right with me. I I, I might be getting it mixed up, but anyway. Um. All right. Enough Christmas talk. Let's let's jump into. Okay. Uh, why don't I start with with my career travels, and then you can um. Yeah, you know, you can talk about your travels as well, uh, or maybe they'll they'll actually fuse together to form one coherent, uh, cohesive narrative. Sure. But uh, so yeah, it, it, the last time I'd been to Korea was January 2019, and the last time I'd seen my parents in person was May 2019 when they came to New York uh, to visit. And the thing I really felt uh, when I went to Korea was that what a like a it was like a time stasis that COVID caused because the usual things that we um, measure uh, the passage of our personal lives by, usually it's things like how our career is going, how our personal relationships are going, uh, any like non-career goals that, that we have with respect to other accomplishments we want to accomplish, um, et cetera. E- even like you know, taking care of our health and bodies and things like that. All of that was put uh, way down on everyone's priority list because of COVID. Because COVID Mm -hmm. was all about, uh, let's not die. And then if we don't die, (laughs) let's not let the economy crash or, you know. The the let's not die part didn't last very long, right? The let's not die part lasted maybe like six, like not even a year, at least in the States. Um, well, I'm talking about on, on a personal level. Okay. Uh, like, oh, yeah, on a, on a national level, uh, complete disaster. But you know, on an everyday level, we, we're kind of in this, you know, at least we have our health, that kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, you know, travel plans or uh, just like plans to see family and things were put on hold. And, you know, people didn't, I mean, a lot of people kind of uh, mourned it, but there was a sense, hey, you know, we got bigger things to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. Our personal uh, issues are not as important. And then, and there were other events that happened, kind of like the, the BLM protest, which, you know, made everyone think about higher causes than, than like their personal lives. And that mentality kind of, you know, became normal even into, I think, like this year, 2022, at least for me. Even though, uh, you know, by, by like 2022, I don't think anyone was really... Social distancing now seems like such an ancient, ancient term. Uh, but it wasn't until I uh, got to Korea. And the thing that really made me realize time had passed was seeing some of my cousins who are like, you know, give or take a couple of years older, younger than me, mm-hmm. how their lives had changed. Like I had an older cousin 
who not only got married, but now has a one-year-old child. Mm-hmm. And I have a younger cousin. She is, you know, kind of expecting to get married with, uh, to her boyfriend next year. And these are cousins whom I, not, I wasn't like close to them growing up because, you know, they, they grew up and lived in Korea, li- they live in Korea. And I was in Vancouver. But, you know, every five-ish years, I would see them. Uh, and then when I lived in Korea from 2010 to 2012, uh, the younger cousin, um, she and I, uh, she's like the cousin I, I'm closest to. And, and even when I say that, it's like we've only really started talking to each other back in 2010. Um, th- yeah, so these are pe- definitely people I've, I've known all my life. And it always seemed like, yeah, things change from, you know, they get older, you know, they hit puberty. They go from you know elementary school to high school to college to working life. But um, now when we're talking about kids and marriage, now I'm thinking, oh, wow, I, I think a big, um, there's a big change in, in kind of like your uh, life stage that I didn't feel before. And maybe if um, COVID hadn't happened and I, I was like visiting Korea a little bit more often or, or, or we were all uh, caring a bit more about our own personal like life progress uh it wouldn't have hit me as hard but it was kind of like oh damn um life has life's going on and now um things might be truly going back to normal in by which i mean we're gonna care more about those things again you, you know a lot of people were like you know what? One of the good things about uh, COVID was I don't have FOMO anymore because like everyone, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> no one could do anything. Yeah. No one could do anything, and you know, people worrying about it's like everyone had an excuse to kind of uh, opt out of that rat race, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not even opt out. It's like you, you, you were just kicked out of that rat race. But yeah. uh, now I felt like, oh, time, time to go back to normal and, and join the race again. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I generally agree with you. I would say though that in your particular circumstance, I don't think it's just COVID. I think it's also distance, like physical mm-hmm. living, yeah. a, you know, across the planet from your family. Um, I think that's another big factor. And obviously, because you can't travel to Asia for one or two years, right? Like that puts an extra bunch of time on that on that distance. Because I think whenever you you see people who you judge by major milestones in life, like marriage and children and career changes and so on, retirement, right? Um, you know, it, that gets exacerbated if, if you can't see them and you learn all about the different things they've done in their lives, like every three to five years when you go go back to visit or you go forward to visit or when they come to visit you. I mm-hmm. think that's one big thing. I think the other big thing too is that it's it's a particularly, um, it's particularly accentuated during like this time in our lives as in like, you know, we're like in our, 30s right like that is now the time it used to be in the in the 20s maybe like 50 plus years ago right but now in your 30s is when a lot of this stuff these major milestones get compressed together yeah right you know marriage followed by home ownership followed by child one two three whatever it is you know mm-hmm. career changes those all happen around that time um not necessarily in that order and mm-hmm. it, it just becomes a, it just feels to you like a big time job because you haven't seen these people in a few years, but like a lot of stuff has happened, right? A lot of major things. Yeah. And so I think it gets you thinking about your own mortality. You know, it starts the, the TikTok a little bit um, for you about like, oh, we're, you know, re- reflecting on where you are if you haven't met those milestones. Yeah. Um, I also think, yeah, I also think like it depends on, on the person who's kind of on the, on the observing end. In your case, you know, you know, you're not married, you don't have kids, you don't, you had career changes and so on, but it's not as big as like having a child or whatever. I think seeing that happen in front of you is more impactful in that sense too. Yeah. So, but I think you're right in that the distance had a big deal to it, and maybe and because I'm also related. Because when you told, wait, I, can I say on the part that you're expecting a, a kid with your? Wait, that's already known, right? Oh, okay. okay. No, no, All right, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, what was like over a month ago. I, uh, sorry, I'd forgotten. <laughs> um, but anyway, when you told me that. It didn't phase me at all. It wasn't like, oh damn, okay. like I'm I'm Philip's age. Why why don't, why am I not having a kid? I did not did not hit me for one second uh, um, with that. But for some reason, um, this time, you know what? I'll share a little story. So uh, in uh, Korean culture, um, and this was like the first one I've been to. So I, I might be kind of messing up some details. But when a when a you know kid 
has his or her first birthday. It's like、mm-hmm. a big deal. It's called a toljanchi, and then that's where this is their you know, first like birthday or their first Korean birthday. Uh, well, no, it's their first birthday because their first Korean birthday is is like the date of. Born right that they're like one years old and then and then、oh, New okay, Year's、okay. is when you go up. No, I think this is like、uh, the one year anniversary of the actual day they were born. Got it. Okay. And okay. this was、uh, actually taking place at a hotel, and um and this this is a ceremony where you know the kid like picks one of several objects to to kind of、uh, determine his or her destiny. They're、and、one. Actually, they gotta do this. Well, it's not bi- legally binding, Philip. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like, they're like a one-year-old kid that, like, you know, barely they can barely say any words, and they have to pick an object, and it's like this. Yeah, there's like a bunch of objects. Of wow.、Yeah. Okay. Cool. Heavy、uh, stuff. So, for example, there'll be like a paintbrush, which means they're going to become an artist. There's like a、oh, you know money, which means they're going to be rich or、yeah. etc. <laughs> you know,、uh, I actually asked my mom what did I pick, and she said,、uh, "I don't remember." <laughs> So、okay. anyway,、um, it's one of those. It's one of those traditions now, right? You just、yeah. do it because, like, whatever. Yeah. So this was this is my dad's sister. Okay.、Uh, so um,、uh, that side of the family, and then my slightly older cousin, just a couple years older than me, and you know we're going to the hotel, and then、uh, along the way, my mom actually tells me, and I did not know this, that was where your dad and I got married. Oh, that hotel. Like, oh, damn. Yeah, and damn,、wow. I didn't know that. And I'd never also I'd never been to the hotel either. Really nice hotel.、Uh, and then we go there, and you know we we reserve one of the rooms for for this little ceremony and dinner. And I walk in and I see my uncle and aunt, and they have this like little, like really adorable, I guess maybe one year old, maybe barely one year old. I don't know if it was actually her birthday.、Mm-hmm. Uh, little granddaughter in, in their arms,、mm-hmm. and especially my uncle, he just looks、like、so happy. And the first thing that came to my mind was,、uh, I just thought of my parents doing that with my firstborn,、uh, mm. or I guess my brother's firstborn, whoever, whichever one of us has a kid first.、Mm-hmm. And and before that, I mean, I guess that happened about you know the halfway point of my trip. I you know gotten you know it, it was actually a very pleasant trip. My my visit to Korea can be very hit or miss. Like when I went twenty seventeen. My parents were like fighting all the time, basically、mm-hmm. from the moment I got there. Some some shit had happened、uh, that you know didn't have anything to do with me, but you know they they were always fighting, and f- pretty much from start to finish, it was just like just kind of like hellish to be there. Yeah, when、and、we then, chatted, you before you left, like right before you left, you were telling me you're in, you're anticipating conflict. Yeah, that, that was kind of like your headspace. Well, I don't I don't know. If, yeah, I was anticipating it,、uh, but I didn't know to what level because there's always、okay. like, some conflict. But、sure. like in 2019. Uh, was actually very peaceful.、Uh, it was a very pleasant trip. I was、okay. uh, I had a I had a very nice time there. And when they came here in 2019, that was like a disaster. It was a total disaster. <laughs> We are、uh, like a, a big fight at the time was because I I told them about uh, uh well my girlfriend at the time, and at that point I I thought hey you know what I I have like a stable career now. Well actually at the time I I, I got fired from. A big law firm, but still, regardless, I mean, they didn't know that, <laughs> right? And you know, reg- and regardless of that, you know, I, I, I had, I was on a path, this legal path. I, I was, I'd established myself. I'd been supporting、mm-hmm. myself for a while.、Um, I was、uh, paying my brother's legal tuition. I'm like, okay, I've done all that. Now is the time, I think, where they'll just be like, okay, you know, you've proven that you can kind of like take care of yourself, and you know what you're doing.、Um, the rest of your life is kind of up to you.、Mm-hmm. And then when when I told him about My girlfriend, they, you know, they had all sorts of objections, and that's when I realized it's never going to stop. Like, it, it, it's just onto the next thing. It's like, well, you know, they were focused on my school when school is over. They focus on my career. Once my career is set, now they're going to focus for the rest of my life, which is like marriage, and、mm-hmm. and family. And we we just had a lot of fights about that, and it, it was a very like bitter and sad trip because you know they're just like they don't know anyone in New York, and we'd be like sitting around in some depressing Starbucks in the in the, in, in the financial district, nobody talking to each other. It was, it was like ter- terrible.、Mm-hmm. So that was like my last memory of seeing them.、Um, so I didn't know what to expect this time, but it was actually、uh, pretty pleasant, and I think it was because both of us realized, or all of us realized, we hadn't seen each other in a while, so. Try to be very nice,、uh, but we, di-、uh, but you know,、uh, we did get into arguments, mainly about,、uh, you know, my career and a marriage and that kind of stuff. Like they thought I wasn't focusing, I wasn't working hard enough on on becoming a, on my on the legal side of my career, even though now I had like a 
good full-time legal job. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I told them all, all about the stuff that had happened the last few years uh, with respect to like, you know, me losing my job and, and, and all that. Um, and they, they basically wanted me to put off like this writing thing for like another 20 years, maybe. They're like, oh, you can do it when you're like another 20 years, or 60. Yeah. They're like, like you when you're retired, when you're, basically. Well, when you're like 50, wow. or, like 50 ish or something, which to me doesn't make sense because it's not as if, okay, so if I, if I pursue having like a, like a, you know, like a high standard family life where, you know, lots of expenses and all that, that stuff only gets worse when you get older, when, when you have kids who are going off to college and stuff. It's not like yeah. you, that's going to, so it's, I think they're just trying to trap me. So, you know, we had a lot of arguments about that mm-hmm. and also about like marriage and, you know, they, they basically want me to, kind of set me up with people people they know and and all that so we we fought uh before you, you uh, really then, you you really have to wonder if if they're counting the milestones as much as you are you know but like from a, a different perspective yeah um I'll, I'll get to how uh, basically you know i'm 34 uh 34 in new york feels very different uh from 34 at least in the context of uh, around my family in Korea. Okay. Like I, you know, obviously like there's, I, I can only speak to what it's like being around my family, but uh, I'll get to that a little later. But anyway, as I was saying, I go to this hotel and I walk in, I see my uncle with his granddaughter. And and then I think of my parents uh, in his place with my grandchild. And all that kind of just, kind of like cynical uh, motivations I had assigned to my parents. Like, oh, they just want to, I don't know, they're bored and they just want to live vicariously through me or they're trying to, you know, claw back whatever like status they thought that they had lost by immigrating to Canada. And they, they want to regain that through me and, and some like strategic marriage or all they know is, is money uh, and, and they have no other value besides that. All those kind of like, you know, very negative things that I would, assigned to their motive kind of melted away and i just thought no they just they just have this very uh understandable desire to kind of kind of like get a second chance at being parents again because if they have a grandchild um it'll they'll basically kind of like travel back in time by almost like 30 years Mm -hmm. to when i was a little kid yeah and i'm sure they have a lot of regrets uh, I mean, it's not like they did a bad job of raising me at all, but you know, every parent has regrets about how they raised their their kids. And it's like if I have a grandson, it'll be like raising me or my brother again, uh, or even better if I have a, if I have a daughter, it'll be like the daughter they never had, and they'll get that. It'll be the closest thing they'll get to experience. So that hit me, and, and over the next few days, I was just kind of this. I was in like a weird, I wouldn't say like depressed state, but I, 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 was, I would just get like very emotional. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then like, yeah, it, it was, it was just, it, it was just a very, it just became a very like sad reflective time, uh, yeah. for, for the yeah. next few days. And, you know, I thought about, you know, in between the time I, I had come in my trip now and, you know, you know, as I said, the last time we saw each other in person was very like a bitter thing. Mm-hmm. And then throughout COVID, I mean, we don't we don't communicate that much, but I think especially during COVID, since there was no real prospect of seeing them. Did you guys like talk weekly though? Yeah, but th- those are like very perfunctory uh, conversations. They weren't that long, and it was just it was just. And I, honestly, a lot of times, both my brother and I would be kind of annoyed because nothing really ever got said. Yeah, and it seemed like a lot of times um, it's like getting a status update or something. Yeah, and it, you know, it was just like the timing also is like kind of early in, in our morning, and, and you know, there's like things I want to get done on a weekend morning, and sure, uh, uh, things like that. But so it felt like a chore. But, I, I get it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly it felt like, like a chore, a, and and, mm-hmm. and it just felt like nothing gets said. And if I ever said anything that was actually real, then they would find a way to like disapprove of it. So it's like, what? There's no, there's no like good side to actually saying anything. But one thing I did I l- come away learning on this trip is, you know what? Um, as, as annoying as my, what my parents say can be, they ultimately can't make me do anything. Um, and they probably know it too, in a way, which might be why they sometimes kind of 
you know, like try to take these times to to lecture me because like they have no other chance to do it. And maybe they just want to feel like they've done the most they can, so they can at least tell themselves, you know, we tried our best. Um, but regardless of whether they can control what I do or not, I think what I do owe them is, you know, openness to an extent. Like, obviously, I'm not going to tell them every single detail of my life, but previously, I think I I, I just told them so little to the point where. Like there were certain things that my mom assumed about my life that I thought were hol- just so hilariously um, wrong. But then I thought about it. Like I never really told her anything to dispel it, which is why a, a lot of things she assumes about me are things that she remembers about me back in high school. <laughs> so if I if I had a certain characteristic or tendency in high school, she thinks, yeah, you're I still play those I, I out. Still do that right yeah. now in his thirties, which makes no sense. But right, but, but, but uh, what other information does she have to go by? If you're not telling her right, exactly. About, you know, th- like when was the last time? When was the time she probably felt she knew me most? It would be when I still lived at home. Yeah, exactly. And and when yeah. was the most recent time? That was like when I was in high school. So I'm like, okay, I, I at least owe it to her to let her in a bit more. So ever since I got back, I've been like, I've, I've been texting her more, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. um, just because I don't agree with everything they want out of my life doesn't mean I have to completely shut them out. I mean, have you, have you ever felt anything similar with your parents? Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, even on the, uh, you know, like, you know, I think I, I was texting with you while I was at the airport waiting for my flight to Portugal. Yeah. And I think, were you in Korea already at the time? I think you were, you were already there for a little bit. Um, uh, I, I Probably. I, I don't know if it came up, but I was like, I just had, I, I think I t- mentioned I called my parents to tell them I was going on the trip, but mm. that was like literally the first time I told them I was going on that trip. Like I was at the airport <laughs> yeah. about at, at a lounge about to board, wait, waiting for my flight. And I, and I was like, you know what? I should probably call my mom and tell her I'm going on a one week trip. So she doesn't like think I like disappeared or something. She tries to reach me and I'm, I don't have my SIM card in my phone or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cause I, cause I'm also kind of, you know, have this relationship with my parents where I'm a little bit, um, I withhold information. I don't like communicate that much, you mm-hmm. know, because for me, and I, I think you related to this, it's just like it, a lot of those conversations lead to like nagging, you know, I think mm-hmm. I, I told you about how like it, it gets frustrating that I get treated like, you know, in a patronizing way, like a child, because yeah. in, in some sense, I think just like what you're saying about your parents and your relationship with them, they still see you as that kid who is still living at home with them when you're 16 or so, 17, mm-hmm. right? Not quite off to college. And that's been memorialized in their brain to some extent, right? Maybe they, I think they, they probably cherish it, but also it means that they have this kind of like locked in view of what your personality is like and and who you are as a person, which is not necessarily true. Um, I, I think my parents know me a little bit beyond that. Cause I like, you know, went off to college and then I moved away for a bit and then I came back and I intentionally mm-hmm. came back. So I'd be closer to them in part, um, you know, so they, we see each other quite a bit more than you'd see your own parents, not, again, in Korea and Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, yeah, I, I really I relate to a lot of what you're saying in very similar ways to my parents. I don't know if our conflicts become as heated, heated as the ones you've had with your parents. I mean, one thing mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you was if you would wind it back to tw- the t- 2019 trip, that New York trip that was bitter, did you, after this trip to Korea, do you feel like regretful of how you guys like interacted in the 2019 trip? Um, well, like, so, so like my, I, I said like my mom has um, some misconceptions of me based on like my much younger self when I lived mm-hmm. at home, but that's more like relatively minor details. She has a pretty good idea of who I am, what my values are and stuff, but She's mm-hmm. constantly trying to change that, and she's always been doing that. Uh, and I mean, I'm see, like my mom is kind of like the f- the front woman, and I, and I know for a fact that she and her, she and my dad discuss this all the time. But my dad never really directly talks to me, uh, except on rare occasions. So it's like it's my mom. But when I say mom, it's really them as a unit. But she's the one I actually talk to about this, mm-hmm. and it's just her inability to basically accept certain things about me. Uh, for instance, like I am perfectly content being, you know, like I, I don't want to devote myself to the, to the law or the pursuit of, you know, like 
it's not that I'm opposed to making money because obviously I'd love it if I made a lot of money, but it's like, I don't see the, I see no point in money for money's sake at a certain level. Obviously, yeah, I want to make not, enough. You're not like, you're not career driven in the way your parents expect you to be, which is what it right. sounds like to me. Right. right? And, like, and you, just, you do, it's very functional for you. It's like, I do this because I need to make like a good living so I can like have this lifestyle. Yeah. And I have, I have this other goal that I am obsessed with that. That's right. That is my true thing that I'm, I'm trying to orient my my life towards and it's not mm-hmm. as if they don't know this because mm-hmm. i think the the mis- the thing that made me so that made the the main 2019 visit so like acrimonious was that's when i still believe you know what my parents it, it's a matter of ignorance they just don't understand me or they just don't know me well enough you know i just explain it to them They'll, they'll understand. And what I realized is, no, they know. They actually know me quite well. They just kind of don't like it. <laughs> Fundamentally, that that's what it comes down to. Like, and I say, and I, I don't say this as um, me trying to be hyperbolic, but on a on just like an actual factual level, my parents don't actually like me, like the kind of person I am. They love me, obviously, and they will like go fight to the death for me. But they don't yeah. actually like my character. Well, is it that or is it that they have other plans or other aspirations for you that that you're not like, you know, following, you know, in in lockstep to meet, you know what I mean? Like they they have expectations of you that like you're just like uninterested in meeting, you know, whether or not you could meet them or not, but you, you just don't want to meet them. And mm. a lot of those expectations are maybe tied to their own sense of like status or whatever it is. This, this is what I'm getting a sense of talking to you about your parents, but you know, is it more that or is it like they actually just don't, you know, I, I get that they don't like the stuff that you're doing, like the the time, the way you'd spend your time. I get that. I just don't know if they don't like you as a person, you know? Well, uh, I'll say, I think I, to them, embody a, a, a certain type of, like, archetype that they are kind of like ideologically opposed to. Because okay. something I, I've learned about my because like for example um just growing up in canada we never talk about politics my parents weren't invested in canada canadian politics canadian society or anything so it's not like we ever talked about politics and Mm -hmm. even when they moved to korea and i lived in korea for a bit they never talked about it it's only rather recently that i learned that they're very right-wing like they are big supporters of like the current president and they're favorite hobby which i find which is what made our summer video chat so unbearable was they would trash uh moon jae-in who was the last president okay. all the time and it's like i i mean like, i don't i don't really care you know I, I i'm not gonna pretend to be an expert on korean politics or anything mm-hmm. um just based on my own general sympathies i i would be more sympathetic to like moon than yoon who's the current president mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like die on that hill i don't i don't really care but like for example there's like one time in i think it was probably about 2017 because moon won his election in 2017 and i think america was just like very uh, desperate uh at least like the online crowd was very desperate for some faith that at least another democracy even an asian democracy could produce <laughs> a, a respectable leader and I, right. and i think at the time Moon just seemed like a really decent guy. He, you know, he was like a human rights uh, lawyer. He's, he's like a photogenic guy. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's uh, some like cool photos of him. And I said, oh, you know, Moon's pretty popular, uh, at least among Americans. And my, and my and like, parents like would not let me forget I said that and would always be like, you know, like you think he's a good, but he's he's horrible. He's like all this. I'm like, I do not care. You know? You've already been interested in debating them on the, on, if, if, like getting into debating them on yeah, the it's like, this, of his this, like policy making. You were just oh like, God, I don't. You know, this like, is like not my my area of interest. Korean I politics. don't know, and I I, don't, yeah. I really don't care, you know, yeah. and and all that. Um. So so they're as I said, uh, I find out they're like so very right wing. Um, what what is what is the archetype that you think they think you are? Do you do they think? And they, they basically they think like, I'm I'm some kind of like bohemian layabout. That's and literally think, <laughs> that's literally the word I was going to use. Bohemian. Yeah. Yeah, and I know my mom has a very uh, personal grudge against those because her younger brother is, is very much like that. Okay, he's basically a communist. Well, based on what she says, so who knows what that what the real truth is? Okay, um, he, he he's just like a very let's say like unorthodox kind of guy, uh-huh. and I think she really resents him for that. And she's actually told me straight straight up, like at least a couple of times, like you know you're just like him and all that. And <laughs> okay. so I think. That's what I mean. They have like an ideological um, opposition to the kind of 
character they think I'm like. So I think to them, me not dreaming of becoming a law firm partner, me not dreaming of, you know, marrying one of their very well-connected, uh, wealthy, uh, uh, you know, friend's daughter so that, uh, you know, I, I can become this part of like Korean high society or whatever. It's not merely just we want you to have nice things and we want you to live in a nice place. But I think me not wanting that is is like a repudiation of their values. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I, 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 I've come to understand a bit more lately. Because as I said, if it's just purely about we just want you to be happy and live well, and they thought, we don't think you're going to be happy or, or live well if, for example, you're a struggling writer. And it's like, I'm not a struggling writer. I, I, have, a, you know, I have a good legal career. Mm-hmm. I live in Manhattan. I'd never worry about money and all that. So I think it's more about just like mere material comfort. I do think there's something ideological going on here. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It, but that's what I mean. Like it's it's not like it's just hard to imagine this idea that like as a parent, you don't like your kid, you know? Well, okay, I, I didn't mean it, it that far. It's like yeah, they don't like the – if you could kind of uh, separate – if you could, like reduce me, as I said, to like a character archetype, uh, they really don't yeah, like that archetype. That's what I mean, and I mean like, yeah. but you're you're speaking of it as an archetype. I was trying to think of it as like um as like goals, like goals that they want you to meet that that you're not willing to, you're not going to, you don't, you're not on the tra- trajectory to, right? right? That is causing that tension. Right. Um, and and I absolutely absolutely think that the like the politics and ideology that they have like plays into that, right? There's like a certain type of person who expects a more conservative mindset from their children their conservative path from their children and so on which includes which would include things like being very career driven you know trying to strive in that career not just like going well, a very for a particular paycheck. type of career right yeah yeah and, and, but, and but also you know beyond the career you know the relationships and stuff um pursuing them the way that they'd expect right i don't know this to the to the extent of like an arranged marriage but like you know like those expectations are not commonly things that people want to follow along with because they're from a different generation right so it's but i but that's the trouble is that they they can't see that like at least with my parents if, if and not just my parents but like my aunts and uncles as well like people from you know their generation when they see us in my like me and my cousins in our generation kind of like going off and doing all sorts of stuff that they wouldn't expect to do they'd be like oh it's just what the young kids do you know mm-hmm. like that's i think that's a big difference is like despite me having conflicts with my parents, you having conflicts with your parents. I think one big difference is that like my parents are at the end of the day, they're like, well, you know, whatever, like they're, they're kids. They're in Canada now. They're not in Vietnam. Like it's different here. And they just like, let it be. And so long as we're meeting the kind of general bar of success, as in like, you've got a, you got a, you know, you went to school for something, you've got a career and you're like making okay money and like you're kind of you know they don't care as much about relationships i have some some like very you know some some cousins who are like very much so not anywhere near being in a relationship anytime soon despite being Mm -hmm. in their late 20s or whatever um Mm -hmm. but as long as you like it's mostly about the the money part right it's mostly about like financial stability having you support yourself like can you carry you for like the next but but i also have some cousins who live at home and they're like it's fine because you have a job so like whatever you know yeah like yeah housing is expensive in canada right so whatever yeah. So it's it's a different bar, I think, um, that I I can't relate to as much on your side, but but yeah, you you I mean, but you also what I was also going to say is that you don't really need to have parents who have that like very strong expectations down a path or down a specific archetype to have a conflict with them. <laughs> you can still true, fight yeah. over shit, right? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what I was hoping my parents would be like when, as I said, in like May of 2019. Um, I was, you know, I had this thought that, you know, if they, if they just, if I just like explained it to them more clearly, they would understand. Uh, but no, I, I think, yeah, as I said, that's when I realized it's, yeah, no, the, their, their expectations of basically having a, a stake in my life are higher than I expected or I, or I wished um, were. So, but okay. So then what, so, you know, you go on this trip, you have that moment partway through at this um this event for your like mm-hmm. i guess your niece's one year right yeah uh and then it it makes your trip much more reflective in the second half um, yeah so you know it made me think of 
like a, a big part of me wants to give that to them because as i said I, I i i just one second of just like looking at my aunt and uncle how happy they were i'm like i really would be love to be able to give that to my parents mm-hmm. yet on the other hand if their demands would too radically change my life because I, I mean i think they okay let's say um i don't know if they want me to move to korea and, and like have a family there but let's say they do uh by moving there i would essentially be giving up the thing about myself that i value most as a person which is the ability to um just like observe the like the culture and society around me and and you know comment on it or you know write fiction which is basically commentary on it mm-hmm. and i would be in my almost 40s or whenever uh going to a total essentially a very foreign society you know i i may even if i like learn the language to a complete business or academic fluency that's mm-hmm. not the same as truly understanding a culture having grown up in it and i can maybe study it from a textbook so i like i know the history but i don't i wouldn't i'm not steeped in it from birth the way that i'm steeped in canadian slash like american culture and well, only- you, have, you have plenty of white people in america and canada commenting on asian society and culture so i think you could probably get away with it well, but yeah I- but like they don't know shit and, and they get rightfully get kind of like called out increasingly more so maybe like 30 years ago they just for sure. because they were white they would have been seen as an authority but I, I would lose that ability to essentially be a, be a participant in in society on a mm-hmm. you know high intellectual level and i'm sure my life there would be relatively easy i would be probably fawned over by family um and you know depending on who i marry if i if i marry someone like very as I said, wealthy and well-connected, I'd be taken good care of. Uh, but it would feel like an illusion. Like I, I'm, I'm here in this kind of almost like a second childhood, uh, you know, living close to family, being in a bubble, um, being some kind of like clueless, like, you know, like, like a total ignoramus about what's going on with me. I, I just picture myself like, even online or something, making a comment about, you know, politics or culture. And somebody could just say, you know, what do you know? You didn't go to school here. You never really worked here. You didn't serve in the military. What the fuck do you know? So shut the fuck up. And I'd be like, you're kind of right. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to be this like perpetual like tourist. Uh, and I'll, I'll just be living a very kind of like simple, basic life where, you know, I just go make money, feed my family and that's it. And I think on some level, that's that's kind of what my parents want. And that, that's what that's something I, I resent about them. And like, you know, you 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 want to kill that side of me that that I actually value most about myself. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say well, a bunch of things, but like one thing is like I, I wouldn't sell that situation too short because you know it's not like your your ability to critique and your kind of you know sharp uh, wit and lens for like you know understanding social dynamics suddenly becomes completely useless in korean society right like it's just a different place and you'd have a different lens of being an outsider view which is also a very interesting viewpoint as well so i mean i think that's that that is true um on the on the side of your the comment just made about your parents right like are they trying to kill it or is it just that they're trying to have you live this like architect archetype that they desire to have in a son you know like are they intentionally trying to you're making it sound very negative like they're intentionally trying to like stifle this thing that you are it's not that they're i don't think they're trying to stifle i think they're just like uninterested in it it's just not what they're what they expect from you right and they expect something from you that probably isn't realistic is unfair to expect from you but it doesn't mean they want to necessarily like end the thing that you're doing like they they maybe detest it a little bit because it's not the path they want to take but i don't think they're actively trying to to get rid of um that part of your life per se it's just what they would what like you to do would mean not participating in in that kind of work you know writing critique um right you know. but it's, you know it's a zero-sum thing though because time is finite yeah so 
if if I'm dedicating all my time to you know be like you know they they talk about oh, you maybe you could be a lawyer for like Samsung or something okay you know, I'm a big like big time lawyer like general counsel of, not that that path's even open to me anymore as I've tried to explain to them so many times because uh, you know you get you got to be like like a law firm partner or whatever to, yeah. to do that but let's say I, I'm that and I'm taking care of uh, kids and you know like like a high society type of wife who's who's you know gonna expect. A certain type of lifestyle. I'm not gonna have time to do other things. So they're it, it's it's tantamount to the same thing, uh, whether they're like directly saying you can't do this, or they're no. Just but saying, it matters what? whether or not they're directly saying it because it, it's a you know it's indicative of their attitude towards you, right? Like I, I don't think there's too son. much of a difference. I don't think there's too much of a okay. difference. I think um, I think one of the reasons they do want me to like get married quickly and have kids, and they've basically told me this outright, is that then my options in life become more limited and then there are only certain paths that the paths that I can take with my life, as I said, uh, narrow greatly. Mm-hmm. So like all the things that they, they might fear I might do, like suddenly quitting my job and, and doing something, which, you know, I probably won't do unless something extreme happens, but that possibility is always there unless I'm tied down with a family and kids, in which case I would have to be this like monstrously selfish person to just basically abandon my family to, to do something like that. Yep. So that's true. Yeah. That would that would work. That gambit would work if you were to follow it, but it doesn't sound like you will. So not at least not to the um, you know, the plan that your parents have. So Right. Um one thing one thing I can definitely say though is that unless they have brought it up a whole bunch of times about you moving back to Korea, they probably don't care. And it sounds I mean, like they haven't. Well, like on one hand, my dad often says how happy he is that my brother and I grew up in Vancouver, and I think that's because he you know, he has interacted many times with uh you know because he works unlike my mom and um he runs into i think and he, he often is very critical of just like how, how like korean education and society uh mm-hmm. the kind of people at least at least like doctors i guess uh, at his profession the kind of people they produce i think he thinks they're like extremely competitive and very clickish and mm-hmm. and uh They'd rather, you know, instead of working, you know, you're doctors, you're just trying to work together, supposed to work together for like a noble, yeah. greater goal. But instead, they're more like infighting and trying to grab, you know, glory or, or, or money just for their themselves and their friends and things like that, which is like true of any society, I guess. But and he specifically only knows, I guess, Korean society. And, and you know, he did, he does say like in Canada, I mean, he, there are a lot of backstabbers in Canada, too, and all that. But sure. I think he said in Korea, it's worse. So, I want, uh, you know, he, I think, is actually more. Like he wouldn't want me to raise my family in Korea, whereas my mom, I think, has more personal interest in wanting family close by. So you know, she probably thinks there's like, yeah, maybe there's like some some bad stuff, but you know, you you can find you can carve out a nice little oasis here where all the bad stuff like that um, wouldn't affect you. So I, I don't I don't really know about that. Um, and and uh, you know, a, a big part of me also like resents this idea this feeling of like retreating to korea even though mm-hmm. you know I, I've, I've spent almost no f- part of my formative years there uh like why do i have to basically um give up what little territory we've been fighting for in america to go there yet on the other hand i also you know like a lot of times i talk about how and we all talk about how worthless asian america is as like a culture as an identity, as a society, and all that. Um, what if even even from my like writing mindset, it's actually better to be in a in a culture that actually lets you basically lets you feel and think like a fully developed person, as opposed to this like stunted YA mindset Asian American. So you know, part of me also thought that like you know. Would it actually be better for me as a writer to to actually even live? I don't know. Um, I think God. It's no longer you know twenty years ago where it would have been no you know staying in America is the best. Everything in America is the best. It's really mm-hmm. not like that anymore. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I understand what you mean by retreating, right? Like I always think about people who talk about um, you know people who are Asian American second gen. They grew up here. And then they talk about like going to the the motherland or fatherland, right? Because it's mm-hmm. easier there and a bunch of different levels and the social level, especially, right? I always thought of that as kind of giving up 
you know, like as mm-hmm. like not fighting a good fight to try to like carve the land that you you rightfully have here, yeah. right, in the U.S. or in Canada. Um, so I, I get what you mean by the word retreating. But it is kind of funny, right? Because like you you didn't spend a lot like most of your most of your life was spent in North America. So what, why do why would it be retreating back to Korea? But I know what you mean, right? Yeah. In essence, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like giving in to all the people who don't want us here. Yeah, exactly. Giving in to all the, the pressures, political pressures, social pressures yeah. here and being kicked out instead of standing your ground and being like, no, fuck you. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Like you and I, 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 in a pretty recent part, we talk about especially like Asian guys. It's just like showing exactly. up. Is, exactly. It's like 75% of battle. Like, no, you can't keep us out. We're going to be here. Yeah. but, uh, but and ex- We're talking about like certain events and spaces, but yeah. For sure. But I think also extend that to like politics, right? you know, feeling like, oh, the political situation is bad for Asians here. I'm like, yeah, it, it, I guess it kind of is getting tense between the U.S. and, and China, but like, it doesn't mean I'm going to give up on life. I mean, I'm, my situation is different. Like I'm, I'm like married in now, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's different, but I think there are some people who think that, I, I, it's just the word retreating doesn't quite, quite sit quite right with me. It's, it's, it is a little bit of that. It's a little bit of just giving up, um, you know, rather than trying to, to make things work here. Mm-hmm. So, but it's complicated for everybody. Like in your case, it's complicated because like your your parents are in in Korea, and the expected expectations are to go there, as opposed to to stick around here. Yeah, and it's I mean, a this is fight. this is somewhat of a tangent, but do you know the musical uh, K-pop that recently came <laughs> yes. out on Broadway? Yes, and you know how it's kind of like failed miserably, right? I did not know it failed. I, I had no idea what was going on okay. with it. Uh, so yeah, like nobody really came out to see it. it. Its run is ending, I think, this week, and there it was, was even a Broadway. Death- no, this is on Broadway. It was oh, off God, Broadway okay. for a few years, uh, but now it's wow. on Broadway. And there was this, I mean, this is how desperate they got. Some negative review in the New York Times said, uh, you know, it's pointing out how it's such a flashy, I, I mean, that in like in a literal sense, like the lights mm-hmm. are flashing so hard. And he said, that, the reviewer said it's like squint inducing because it's like you can barely <laughs> keep your eyes open. And then one of the people involved in the show said that was racist because, uh-huh. yeah, and they're just like, I'm not buying that. Like I'm, I'm Asian. I'm not buying that shit. You're making us all look ridiculously moronic, and 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 I think it was just a kind of flailing attempt to try to rally the the, the troops. Yeah, those this people, those people can start by writing a good a good musical. They can start by doing that first before yeah. complaining. But anyway, uh, our our friend uh, Trevor from Champagne Sharks actually uh, got a like a ticket to see it, and oh he actually God. invited me <laughs> to to. See it because his ticket was free. He's like, "Hey, if you want to come, I'll, I'll split the the ticket cost with you." But I was like, okay. "I don't want to give the show any money, and it sounds terrible as it is." So he actually went to see it uh, yesterday, and then he's Whoa. telling me about the about the musical. And it's so obvious that okay, so the the guy who wrote the the musical or the book they call it, which is I guess the the story, uh, some some other some other he didn't write the the songs or the music, but mm-hmm. the the guy who wrote it is a guy named Jason Kim. I recognize that name because he was very involved uh, with the HBO show Girls and even played a minor character in it uh, named Chester, who was Hannah's classmate when she went to the Iowa Writers Workshop in season four. And I'm guessing he's at least my age or older. And so it's like you take this millennial, uh, maybe even Gen X, I don't know. maybe, Maybe he's like a lot older than he looks. He's like a millennial slash Gen X guy who runs in the whole Lena Dunham circle and you make him write about, and he's like Korean American. I think he was like te- technically born in Korea, but I'm guessing he spent almost all his formative years in America. You get him to write about K-pop, which is a very like Gen Z phenomenon. You know, it's like, it, 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 it's that that's who, who are really into it like a Korean, very Korean Gen Z uh, phenomenon. And predictably, uh, you know, Trevor reported back on what the storyline is. It's extremely uh, infected with second generation Asian Americanness. Okay. Like basically, there are like three main storylines from what he said. First is the main character is this uh, Korean uh, girl who's like, you know, I think kind of like the star of her agency or whatever. And she has this like surrogate mother relationship with her manager or something. Uh, but it, it essentially comes to typical second gen uh, Asian girl mommy issues that we see in so much shit like, you know, turning red or uh, everything everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. So you got that. Then you have this like Hapa guy who is being discriminated against by his other all Korean boy band members and his whole, you know, am I, am I Asian or am I white? You know, for him in a literal sense, but obviously this is like the existential uh, dilemma for all Boba liberals. Um, and then a third is apparently some like stinky lunch narrative. So the, it's got the, the trifecta of <laughs> okay. Asian American. Don't you wish you went to culture. see it now? Like to hate watch it at least? S- sort of. But then I, I guess I don't, I don't give him any money. Uh, so anyway, I'm thinking if this is Asian American culture, then is it even worth staying to? Is it going to drag me down with it? That, that, that's kind of like, and maybe there, as I said before, I, I was like, maybe uh, being in Korea would be more conducive to, to ex- develop, you know, the development of your own way of thinking. Cause it's it just so stunted here. Mm-hmm. If you stay here and you come up with that bullshit, but anyway, well, it's, it's stunted if you choose to participate in it, right. You can choose yeah. to like but, we have here. Like, right. Kind of- but as much as you try to resist it, if it's all around you, is it going to drag you down with it? That's, you know, that's something sure. I, I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, also when I, my parents, I never really, I mean, obviously my parents are getting older, like on a, on a physical level, but mm-hmm. I think they're aging rather gracefully. It never really struck me as they're getting older and then, you know, they, they do have certain like aches and illnesses that are popping up, but I, I still kind of think of them. I don't, I don't really think of them as that old, but as I said, when I saw, when I started thinking of them with my kids i was thinking okay you know if if i expect them to live for maybe another 20ish years every year i don't have a kid means there that's that's like another year of my kid they're not going to see mm-hmm. um what if what if i have kids so late that they only see them until like they're like 10 years old because mm-hmm. you know? i think of my grandma my grandma my one surviving grandparent She's 93. She got, she's going to see me until at least like my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. You know, that is definitely not going to happen with my parents. So now that that's when I got a truly sense of, yeah, like there, there, there is kind of like an end uh, in terms of their, their life. Yeah. And, they want mortality now, right? Not just about yeah. like children. Cause before it was like, it was very abstracting. Of course we all die. Yeah, that, that's that's all I thought about. Now, yeah, but I'm now thinking, you can like you can like count, almost count it, which is a there's something thing. to measure it against, like yeah. you know, like their grandkids, right? How much of their grandkids' lives are they going to get to see? Mm-hmm. So that that also got me like thinking a lot, um, and you know that one thing I will agree about with them is okay, I'm like 34 now. It is a different stage now. Um, I think they're more immediate. They're like you gotta get married in the next year, kind of thing. I don't agree with that, but I definitely think in the next like three to five years, definitely so. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was like 30-ish, they would kind of, they, that's when they first started broaching this thing because before it was all about my career. Um, but it was around when I was 30, they started talking about marriage. And I remember telling them, I don't even want to think about it until I'm like 35. Ask me when I'm 35. I'm almost 35 now. So now, okay. I, 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 and I don't think I can say, ask me when I'm 40. I think that's too old. Like I'd I don't know. My mind might change. I'd rather not be. I, whenever I, I would le- at least have like to have like so- strong prospects of marriage and a family if I don't have those already. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it, it's, it, it is time to kind of like shift mindsets. When. Do, um, do, oh, yeah, do, you, do you feel like you're almost being pressured though into like if you didn't have it, like if your parents were more chill about this kind of thing this marriage thing do you think that you would even be thinking about it this hard at this point or do you think it's like a lot of it's coming from the trip and the pressure of like aging and like limited time no i was thinking about it independently as well because i think we talked about how you know uh this year i i kind of experimented with going off dating apps remember how, yeah, did we talk yeah. about that i mean yeah. at least on a pod i know we definitely talked about it off yeah, the pod yeah we did but i mean a big reason for that was i wanted to find someone to date that I could see being with indefinitely. And I thought maybe meeting off the apps is great for even relationships, but maybe not for like marriage type relationships for, for whatever reason, maybe just 
the apps are a little too random and you just don't develop that kind of uh bond i don't know that's like so i was definitely thinking about it without like parental interference okay um yeah yeah okay but now it feels like there's an yeah, it's just like added this is another reason right these things are it's never just one factor it's always a bunch of things that are stacked up mm-hmm. some which may have more weight than others and now there's this thing that sounds like it's weighing a lot, a lot more than it was before the trip well for sure because as i said like the, the COVID time bubble yeah i was let's see it's, if it started in early 2020 I guess I was, um, oh man, my, my math is terrible right now. Uh, I guess like 31 in January 2020. And because of that COVID time bubble, it's kind of felt like I've been 31 for like almost three years. Because okay. now you're emerging. You're like, I'm almost 35. I'm almost like, I mean, you, you know, you're definitively in your mid thirties. Uh, yes, very soon. And yeah, um, as I said, the, the COVID time bubble has burst and all this, obviously life has gone on around me. Mm-hmm. People have been living their lives um, and it's like I'm seeing it all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if I hadn't thought about what what should my, what should the next stage of my life be. It's not like I hadn't thought about it at all, but it's definitely forced me to think about it more. Yeah, I, I guess the thing is, you're not someone who's ruled it out, right? You're not like, never marriage, never children. Like, the, you're not one of those kind of... No, no, I definitely want kids. I definitely... Okay. And I, I you know, marriage is... I mean, what is marriage, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely want a very stable, committed type of relationship to raise kids. Like, I wouldn't want to raise kids, but just like abandon them effectively. Right. So, right. yeah. Um but uh, it was always it always felt very abstract, but it's becoming more concrete uh, as of late. Yeah, I guess the thing is you got to trust yourself to go through with that for yourself and not, you know, because there's always all these different pressures that make you want to go do it and end up doing it. But you got to make sure you're when you're doing it, it's more so for yourself than some factor that you don't fully agree with, like your parents having some wacky expectation of you or expectation for for grandchildren which i don't yeah, know if they've, they've, they've ex- i guess they've, they've expressed it but i don't know if they're like strong on that point yeah. you know um my mom has like almost never expressed this before to me like before marriage after marriage right i think she mentioned like once like oh it'd be nice to have grandchildren at some point or whatever but mm-hmm. almost in passing yeah right i think some parents much might be it sounds like your mom might be someone who would be more pushy on that kind of thing but um yeah you know but and it, I think, yeah, age has stuff stuff to do with it too. I don't know if your parents are a lot older than you are or like the average, you know, older than the average um, parents for people who are, for parents who have like millennial kids. Um, Wait, you think so? I, I, no, I'm saying I don't know if your parents are like much older. Well, they right? had me when they were in their late 20s. I think that's so. Okay, I think, yeah, same as uh, my parents basically. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other factor that will come up, which I does like it hasn't yet, which will be another big point of pressure is if they get ill. Like your parents oh get God. sick. I don't want to think about that. Yeah, um, yeah. My my dad got very ill in the last uh, few years. Oh, with and what? I mean, he, if you don't, you don't have to say if you don't want. But. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Oh shit! So, that's that's my dad's specialty. That's like. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's well. I mean, in my dad's case, he's he's like in much better shape than a lot of people who are much later stage. Mm. Um, but there's you know there's a lot of work to 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 keep him healthy. But it it definitely brings up the question of actual mortality okay not just like oh the average person lives to like 82 or 85 or whatever and yeah. you just try. it's it's like oh okay well he has an illness now that could deteriorate quickly yeah, and like, questions like what you just said about how many years with the grand grandkids that that has definitely crossed my mind mm-hmm. right um especially with respect to my dad um but i also think you, you sometimes you think about it relative to previous generations too right like um you know, because people are having kids much later, like up to 10 years later than they were several decades ago, you know, grandparents have even less time with, with their kids. Sometimes they don't even see their kids, uh, their, their grand, grandkids grow up at all. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if there's a, you know, you, you said, oh, maybe, you know, doing this rough back of the envelope math, your, your mom's going to make it to seeing your grandkids get to maybe 21 at most if you have them immediately, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, not your grandkids, your kids. Um is that the right number 21 like what who's to say what is the right number 
right? right. Like yeah. my, my grandparents saw me until like my last grandparent who was here saw me until I was like two, I think. And then he died. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was like all the grandparents are gone. So I, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's different with every generation, different circumstances, but like, who's to say that 21 is a good number, right? Um, mm-hmm. Does it, does it feel like a good number to you? Like, do you feel sad if it was less than 21 or less than 10 or, you know, Thank mm-hmm. you.